Blog Talk Radio. Uh, African-American population. 
Now, I don't know how they're going to actually conduct this, but that's what they say they're doing before they would even, you know, try to give anybody anything. So, uh, basically, the plan in Pennsylvania is they're looking at multiple tiers of multiple levels, rather, of compensation, with the greatest awards going to residents who can prove that they descended from generations of black Pennsylvanians, and in order to qualify, they would have to prove that they have lived as African Americans through government records such as census records, birth certificates, and other documents like that. So there's a whole lot of, like, you got to do this, and if you can this, and if you can prove that, but that's in Pennsylvania. So, but you know, then in, just in general, you know, the United States is wrestling with this whole situation of hate crimes on the rise, and uh, the the Congress people are trying to come up with ways of dealing with a lot of stuff. But this whole issue of slavery's long-term effects uh, is ranging from things about criminal justice policy all the way to educational achievement gaps. So now they're really trying to connect the dots and see that, you know, a lot of this stuff really does trace all the way back to slavery. So um, this is interesting. When they there was a poll conducted, and most Americans oppose monetary reparations. So according to the poll, they're saying most Americans do not want to see reparations handled with money. A national poll that was done this summer was a Gallup poll, found that two-thirds of adult U.S. residents opposed cash payments to black descendants of slaves, although black respondents, uh, out of the black respondents, 73% supported the idea of some kind of cash. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so one, now, that's not surprising. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, that was just a Gallup poll, you know, just to get a sense of, you know, what are people thinking, what do they want. So, right. yeah. so more or less, yeah. what, what do they want, an apology? That's, is that it? Is, uh, I don't know apology? what they think. For the people that are opposing monetary reparations, mm -hmm. uh, to me, if you're going to do something to, to pay or re to show repentance, to me it's got to be something physical. If it's not mm -hmm. money, then what else what would it be? It? Right. 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 You know, right. That, that 40 acres and a mule ship sailed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yep. So. so that's what's up with that. We'll have to see, you know. See, it's one thing to introduce a bill. It's a whole other thing, as we all know, to get it passed through Congress. Right, that's true. Yeah. Got to go through so many different um, channels, it looks like. What's your opinion, Papa? What, what, what are you thinking over there? Yeah, how do you feel about this whole thing with reparations, if the Congress can get these through? I mean, they're doing it, it looks like, state by state. Because clearly that you won't be able to do anything nationally. I tell you, um, I don't think that preparation is going to take the place of anything that didn't happen back then. You know, we should have took heed to uh, what was going on during that time frame. That way well, some people can, you know, do, they had to do what they had to do and don't be concerned about it too tough. It's not, it's not a, 
choice of um, being what's what's right or wrong. It's just, it just makes sure it doesn't happen again going forward. Especially the way that pops up out of nowhere too. Well, now you got uh, Democrats in about four different states right now introducing bills in their state. And you got a poll that's saying uh, 70, let me see, two-thirds of Americans said that they are against a cash reparation, but 73% of black people said they don't have a problem with the cash reparation. To go where? I mean. That's the question. It's like, okay, even if you prove that you have a direct descendant line to somebody who was enslaved, et cetera, what are you going to do with the money? I mean, well, not so much what are you going to do with it, but how do you figure a price for something like that? You know, lives were destroyed, families were destroyed. There was a lot of destruction from that whole slavery situation. So, I mean, really, what what kind of check can you write to anybody to say, we're really sorry about that? Yeah. You know, it's like I appreciate the gesture, but... Well, how, what can you write? Well, how much can you put on a check to make that better? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, in the long run, maybe some type of foundations or something can be created or, I don't know, something so that this won't happen again, but, you know, history repeats itself. But some type of um, something, something kind of written in stone to do. What? I don't know. It's a good question. This is a broad situation. It's just something that was done and what do you do about it, you know? How do you change I guess history going forward? That's that's the key thing. So so the next so the next generation won't have to go through what we had to go through or our grand, our ancestors had to go through, should I say. Right. Well unfortunately it seems like slavery reincarnates itself or gets reincarnated. In different disguises, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Same know, thing with the same thing with the lynching too. You know, this p- police brutality is modern day lynching to me. You know, things that are going on in different states. Um, exactly. Because at some point, people have to stand up, which is what's happening now. You know, you look at what's happening over in um, is that in China where it started with a young people's revolution, and that thing has continued since, I think, back in June. And they just said, enough is enough. You know, the government is just doing too much, reaching too far into people's personal lives. We're not going to take it anymore. And they're out there uh, protesting day after day after day. So, you know, sometimes it just takes a group of people just finally band together and say, we're not going to put up with it anymore. That's but, true. you know, like I said, I think sometimes stuff just kind of goes away under that uh, umbrella and just comes back in a different format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep my eye on it, see what they come up with, because I would be curious to see how far these bills go when they finally introduce them on the floor of Congress. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, we'll just see what's gonna happen. But 
you know, they have to, you know, the people that are bringing it up have to find some solutions. What do they want? You know. Yeah, that's true. How, how they want to resolve it, you know. So. Yeah, you're right. All right. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to kick it back over to you, Kettle. Okay. All right. Um, here we go again with this college um, admission scheme. Um, California parents get only five months in jail for the college admission scheme. Uh, check this out. Former Napa Valley Vineyard owner. Hmm. You know they got some coins. Um, Augustine Funes was sentenced for five months in prison Friday for his participation in, in the elite college admissions bribery scheme. Huh. He only gets five months. That's crazy. Five months. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, the U.S. District Judge delivered her harshest sentence yet for a parent involved in the scandal. Also, I'm um, handing down a hundred thousand dollar fine and five hundred hours of community service. Whoopee! Oh wow. Um, Hunas um, was one of dozens of wealthy parents charged earlier this year in a nationwide college admission scam for allegedly paying bribes to get their kids at their elite universities, including Yale, Stanford, UCLA, and more. So, as part of the bribery scheme, which was investigated under the Moniker Operation Varsity Blues, wealthy parents alleged paid to falsely boost their children's exam scores or to have their children apply as student athletes, even if they had no skills in the um, sport. Uh, he was the only parent of the uh, nearly dozen who have pleaded guilty so far who had paid for both um, fluently boost his kids' exam scores and get her into a school as a fake athlete. Interesting. Yeah. He pleaded guilty in May, um, admitting he paid $50,000 to cheat on his daughter's SAT exam, and he paid another $50,000 in bribes to get her into the University of um, California as a water polo player. Hmm. Really? Water polo? Mm-hmm. And um, he and was set to pay another... Yeah, but check this out. He was set to pay another 200000 as part of the scheme, but was arrested before the deal was finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so getting arrested saved him $200,000. I guess so. And his daughter was not <laughs> admitted, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, let me, oh, actor Felicity Huffman, who last month became the first parent to be sentenced in the scam, she got 14 days in prison, a $30,000 fine, and 250 hours of community service. Three other parents sentenced so far have um, were given um, one to four months in prison. I'm telling you, what are we coming to? If it was you or I, it would be a different sentence, I'm telling you. Girl, they would have to dig and dig some more to put us under the jail. Yeah, this, you know, this, this is a... A rich man's uh, jail sentence. Oh, boy. So you said he got how long? He got five, five what? Five months? Five months, mm-hmm. And was fined, um, what, uh, $300,000. Okay. I'm sorry, $100,000 and 500 hours of community service. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So he 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 has to pay back what he put out. That's what he put out. Hundred thousand dollars. So. Okay. Mhm. Five hundred hours of community service. Let's see what what's gonna happen. I I want to follow him and everybody else talking about community service. See if it's gonna be done. I don't believe it. I just don't. Yeah. They probably pay somebody to do their community service. Who knows? They need mm-hmm. to have somebody out there monitoring that kind of stuff. I hope they do. You know, you would think they would, but who knows? Maybe they'll do it as a publicity thing. Oh, look at Felicity Huffman. She's on her 500 hours. You know, trying to get her back in the graces of Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, right. Can you see her out on the side of the highway picking up trash? Oh, Lord. It, it'll be a circus <laughs> out there. Because ah. the paparazzi would tear her, her, tear her to pieces. Oh, well, so that's that what happens when you get busted. Yeah, for that reason, they might have to keep it quiet, so I don't know. Mm-mm. Huh. All right. Well, thank you for that update. You All right, Papa Dee Dee, you ready? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just listening to y'all, you know. He, he's taking it all in. I, I was getting ready to say that's what he's doing, taking it all in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll unload it all later. All right, what you got, Papa Didi? All right, um, they're saying, and this this is a sort of a letter of uh, restitution, so to speak, like you guys are speaking on. This is a settlement for the victims of the Las Vegas uh, massacre, worth up to uh, eight hundred million dollars. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we we know how it is when that big old pot is meant for the intended people. It's usually done. It becomes, after a while, a straight um, battle over the uh, class action lawsuit. First come, first serve. You got to get a cutoff date. Everybody please from a certain time. Has a call this. Me to have the uh, the reason why they uh, should get money, and it's cut from the front of money, and ends up being two thousand people. Applying for seven hundred million, yeah, but see, seven hundred million was the overall amount, but it should be like let's see, ten million, so it could be a complete payout. But the lawyers gonna walk away with thirty three and a third percent. So mm. when they walk away, they'll be set. They get that much. Thirty three and a third. Hey. So, we gonna do. I saw one of the women on one of the morning news shows saying how because of her injury, I think she lost an eye and some other stuff, and she hasn't been able to work. She doesn't have any health care insurance, so she's got all kind of medical bills. So she's counting on some kind of payout, you know, to at least get herself, you know, back, back uh, you know, back in the even, even keel again financially. Mm. Okay. Anything else on that? Um, yeah, I mean I kinda said the gist of it. I mean, it was a very sad day on this situation where we're speaking on money and what's being done with it and um you know, once they begin we it happened in, in the community with uh Denny's and things like that, you know, I think a lot of black folks had got together on a clack at cost excuse me, a class action lawsuit for Denny's about maybe 
10, 15 years ago. And everybody signed up. And by the time they sent all the checks out to people, a lot of people was getting a check for like a dollar eighty-four cent. <laughs> it was ridiculous, you know. And they got all over the black community. And they said, yeah, you get your check it. Yeah, I got a dollar seventy-five. Me, I got a dollar thirty-five. You know. Then they got arrogant. You know, I'm gonna get my money. I need every minute. Give me, I get it, my money. So you know, restitution can be kind of uh, silly after a while, especially if you're out of sync, out of rhythm. You know, don't know what's really happening. You know, you. Well, I guess now people are going to have to prove that they were injured or or there or something in order to qualify. It's got to be some kind of way. I don't know if they got to have their ticket stubs to say I was at that concert or something. Mm-hmm. You know, because anytime something comes up, you always get people that are fraudulently claiming that uh, they were injured by something or Whatever, you know, because they think that they're going to get some money, free money. Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure they got to go through hoops to to get the money, so. You'd be surprised. Yeah, that's they get enough money. Soon they get And the lawyer made a statement saying, you know, well, we're going to pay it out. So everybody can have some closure, blah, 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 And it's already, you know, he's got his money. His money's already deposited. You know what I mean? He's waiting until uh, a good time to go connect with his money somewhere. So he's already in. He's in like Flynn, you know. Hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. All right. What's that guy who owns that hotel? Uh, when? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Steve Wynn? Uh, yeah, Steve Wynn. Well, I was going to put him on the kiss it list, but no, I guess this really isn't about him right now. Steve Wynn I got old as hell. Somebody else is really holding it down. His mm. name is out front, but uh, I saw him with Trump about a year ago. He he got wrinkles and a mask on his face. When he talks, he got the little, little box cutter. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's just briefly talk about the hottest topic of the week, and that is the impeachment inquiry. That has been—I mean, it's been like a roller coaster ride. I just wanted to bring up—I just wanted to bring up some of the things I made some notes about it. Um, Let's see. Here's the latest update. We've got the House committees are now leading the impeachment inquiry, and today. They've requested a long list of documents and communications from Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Mike Pence, uh, regarding the Ukraine. This whole Ukraine thing has become a hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. So uh, now here's what I found kind of funny and kind of, I don't know, I guess it's typical Trump, but he was out there talking to the media Uh, earlier today, and he said the Democrats unfortunately have enough votes to impeach him in the House, but he predicted that he would win in a trial in the Republican-led Senate. And I'm like, dude, when are you going to understand you need to stop talking? Why are you out there talking about, well, they got enough votes to impeach me? Do you want them to do this? It, It is just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. 
So he's saying that the Republicans are unified, and I guess basically he feels like they'll do what I want them to do. They won't turn against me is what I got from that. But to say Mm -hmm. the Republicans are very unified, and he insisted that he had done nothing inappropriate in that call to the Ukraine president, Zelensky, and uh, when he was talking about getting him to investigate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, He's still claiming that he didn't do anything wrong, but he stood there in front of the cameras and said, we should get China to investigate the Bidens, too. And we should get, um, he mentioned some other country. I don't know if it was uh, Australia. I want to say it was Australia. They should investigate him, too. I'm like, dude, once again, stop talking. You're already in trouble for asking the Ukraine. Now you're standing there saying, basically, hey, China. Can you go ahead and get in on this, too? I I just don't understand. I don't understand why he doesn't stop talking unless ultimately he wants to go down like this. I I don't know. Then there was was a thing about text messages where some of the – I'm not sure who the text messages were from. I think it was an ambassador and some other people. But there were text messages about this whole Ukrainian situation with him holding up the money that was supposed to go to help the Ukrainian country. And in the text messages, people were saying, "Uh, why are we holding this money up? And when somebody said, replying back, oh, it's about uh, some investigation, basically it's for a political campaign situation, and another person replied, well, then that's silly. Why are we doing that? I don't think that's a good thing. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. So there was discussion about it, and now they're getting all those records. So to me, it looks like he's going down. That's what I see. Yeah, I think he's going he gonna to slither out of that problem. I don't know. I, I just don't see how he's going to get out of this one. And then you've got, um, let's see, uh, what did I write? Nine Democrats that are not on board with the impeachment. I don't know who these nine Democrats are, but these are people from, let's see, these were from some of the states that voted for Trump. So, Mm -hmm. conservative districts, yeah, it says these are holdouts from conservative districts that voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. And you know what's really funny is that now that Pence is being dragged into this because Trump threw him under the bus. Trump started talking all this stuff about, yeah, well, Pence was there, Mike Pence was there, he was on the calls, he knew this and that. Pence came back and said, no, uh uh-uh. I didn't know anything about any of that. I had (laughs) nothing to do with that. I'm trying to get the big chair when they finally get you out of here. So don't don't yep. throw that crap in my direction. Yep, don't do that to me. Uh-uh. uh I thought that, that was tough. really funny. Uh-huh. He said, oh, no. Mm-mm. So now, I mean, but this is not the first time that he's denied having knowledge about whatever crazy stuff Trump was doing. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, then there's a statement from the Chinese foreign minister who said that China will not interfere in the internal affairs of the United States. And this is after Trump was trying to get China to get uh, involved in investigating uh, by, uh, Joe Biden. Uh-huh. <laughs> they said, no, 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 we're not getting in the middle of that. Leave us alone. They said, we trust that the American people will be able to sort out their own problems. Mm-hmm. See, he keeps on talking about how the United States looks weak, and because of him, he's making us stronger and all this kind of stuff. But think about how weak we look to these other governments with all this stupid stuff going on. I know. Yep. I can tell you, I know. You are so right. Yep. It's getting crazy out there. Yeah, it's 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 sad. It's a sad state of affairs. Yep. Yeah, it really is. And as they, much as um, I dislike him, I, I would mm-hmm. I don't like to see stuff go down like this. It's embarrassing. They, they're running ads. You, you, have you seen the ads that they're running? Um, uh, Trump is running. No, I haven't seen the ads yet. I hope oh, I don't. Yeah. About the things that he's done and how it's um I forgot what he he didn't say it's a witch hunt but you know how he saying how the Democrats are against him and yada yada and the things that he's he's done he's trying to make America great again oh my God I said oh yeah please. yeah he always calls it a witch hunt that uh huh I'm like okay but anyway. Uh. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's it for hot topics. Uh, let's see. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the hit it and quit it headlines. And we're gonna hit them, and we're gonna quit them. When we come back on the other side on the Pajama Party Show, be right back. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party. www.apajamaparty.com. Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You've got an opinion? We want to hear it, too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? All right, welcome back to the pajama party. My name is Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And the great uh, red wine. Well, thank you, darling, and bonsoir to you. Bonsoir, everyone. Oh, let's see. We're going to jump right into the hit it and the quit it headline. And we're going to hit them and we're going to quit them. We're going to keep it moving. All right? All right. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go to Papa Didi first. Uh, Let's see. What you got for us, Papa Didi? Okay. The uh, courtroom forgiveness from... uh, Botham Jean's uh, brother hugged uh, Amber Geiger, and the world took notes. 
chance. Judge also hugged her, and it was like a, 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 a kumbaya. So, you know, she kind of played it off. You know, she see this police officer knows that uh, being a police officer, the best way to get through a case is that where you took someone else's life, whether it's murder or manslaughter, you have to be keen on remorse. Remorse will set you free. And she played like a fiddle. And the family, you know, they're like, we forgive you, yada, yada, yada. Now, either they hated their brother's guts or, or what. I don't know what uh, led everybody in there doing that. Then the judge, for her to be, you know, hugging on people, you know, you, you're, supposed to just, you're, you're supposed to just hold court. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got all into the nepotism and trying to get everybody to be happy and walk out the courtroom with all this love and happiness and everything, you know, because the person's still dead, you know, still had the whole life in front of them. You know, you snuffed them out and all the stuff you was doing at the time, you know, you you sexing and all the stuff you was doing and, and stuff, you know, your your vicious world with your, with your supervisor, boyfriend. Oh, you talking about police. Amber Geiger. Yeah, Amber Geiger. Yeah, yeah, of course. I remember just talking about her, her, her accountability. How she had all this going on, like they said in there, and she admitted to that for you to text your your, your so-called boyfriend or boss, you weren't doing no CPR. You know, you stopped and you was calling him, and you probably walked around the apartment saying, "Oh, I shot the guy, I shot the guy. He's somewhere bleeding out." So, I mean, this was an atrocity. And then she gets away with ten years, and then everybody's in there hugging her and all this jazz. I mean, like, what? Why did that? Did we forget about there was a victim involved in this? Everybody's hollering about their Christians, Christians, Christians. I understand that. And I'm not saying people got to get uh, violent and vicious with it, but somebody lost their life. And just because this girl's up there crying on the stand like she is, well, I wish it could have been me. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure you do. You don't believe that for one minute, honey. As soon as that's, that's over, you're not even, you know, concerned about that. And, and the way she came in and just started shooting and Ask them, let me see your hands, please. But let me see your hands as you pull the the um, the trigger. You know, there was no let so let let me see your hands or explain anything. That man was dead before he could even know what was happening. And now, as vicious as it was, and as, as tragic as it was, now everybody's just kumbaya. Everybody's like, you know. So anyway, it's just a mess. And the judge, she's up there hugging too, like she's. Yeah, that's what you know, got Mary me. Mary Poppins or somebody, she's up there, you know, I mean, what were you feeling, some black sympathy or something? You're a judge, you know? You should just judge the case and kept it moving. What about that black guy you sent for 20 years for, like, nine uh, ounces of marijuana, you know? But that's what got me is when the judge came down off the bench and hugged Amber Geiger, and then she gave her a Bible and had some passage in the Bible that she was pointing out. I was like, is this woman trying to lose her job? You know, it's fine to be a person of faith, but when you're a judge, you're supposed to be impartial. So why are you hugging anybody, you know, regardless of what the case was? She needed to hit that gavel and go on out that back door. Mm-hmm. Well, they, um, uh, some group did file some kind of suit against her. Um, I did see something about, I think it was a group of atheists 
some atheist organization or something had an issue with her giving out a Bible, not about mm-hmm. the hugging, but just the fact that she gave out a Bible. Right, because you know how people say you shouldn't put religion and state, so to, so to speak, together. Um, they felt as if that's what she was doing, trying to push her religion on this particular um, young lady. But um, Yeah. I, you know. I, I mean, I'm a Christian person, but I just mm-hmm. think there should be a – there's a line drawn between church and state for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's true. Anyhow. Yeah. I think, All I, right. I think the dead did go a little far, but she could have done that later, you know, maybe behind closed doors or something like that in her chambers. Um, but um, I don't know. You know, would she yeah. have done that to somebody else of, of another, you know, color? Who knows? Yeah, that's possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see. Shall I go with this story about the Ukraine? Might as well. All right. Let's hit this one real quick. Uh, this is out of the Ukraine. Their top prosecutor said today that he would review several important cases previously handled by his predecessors, including a criminal case involving the owner of a natural gas company that employed Vice President Joe Biden, talking about his son, Hunter. So the development came amid, of course, the impeach inquiry, uh, where Trump keeps on saying, you need to investigate the Bidens, you need to check the Bidens, they've done all this, you know, whatever, what does he call it, I forgot what word he uses, but he's saying corruption, that's it, that they're corrupt and they did whatever. So now the Ukraine is saying they're going to look into at least, you know, Trump's allegations. And, um, you know, so basically people are saying, is the Ukraine basically bowing to private pressure from Trump or are they really just doing this on their own? Because the reality is that the Ukraine is dependent upon financial support that they get from the U.S. And, you know, as we know from the conversation that Trump had on the phone, he withheld money that Congress approved because he wanted them to say, all right, we will agree to go and do this investigation on the Biden. Then will you give us the money that Congress approved? So they were kind of feeling the pressure, like, I guess we better investigate the Bidens and, you know, do, do what he's yapping about. So anyway, that's that's what's going on with that. So they're supposed to be looking into it. So we'll see. Because yeah. on that call, you know. Go ahead, go ahead, come. No, I was I was just trying to figure out what was the big hoopla about it. I, from what I've, I've I've learned that he just worked for the company and, and he worked on the board, and they paid him a salary. So, what does that have to do with any political stuff? That's what I want to say. I don't know. Well, they're trying to say that when the Bidens, when Joe Biden was vice president, Hunter went with him, uh, I believe it was to China or to the Ukraine, went someplace overseas and Mm -hmm. had a meeting with, with somebody. And not long after, he got this multi-million dollar contract or something. And he's Mm -hmm. trying to say that it was because of who he was that he got that or that Joe Biden put pressure on that particular 
uh, country's government to, you know, make this contractual agreement with uh, Hunter Biden. Right. But Hunter and Joe Biden have said that the deal he ended up getting happened, like, several years uh, later. It wasn't mm-hmm. like when Trump's daughter, what's her name, Ivanka? Mm-hmm. Ivanka traveled with, I believe it was with Trump, or I don't know, but anyway, she went probably to China and mm-hmm. came back with all these trademarks and all this stuff that she got for her company, and mm-hmm. people accused her of using her position as the president's daughter, putting pressure right. on people to get what she wanted. Right. Now, that was not years after the fact. That was, like, mm-hmm. instantaneously. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm just saying. She, yeah, she just banned her, um, her whole um, line, so... Yeah, but that was after pressure from a lot of um, public comment, basically Mm -hmm. saying, how long are you going to keep on making money simply Mm -hmm. because of who you are, not necessarily because of what you're selling? Right. Mm -hmm. And that is against the law. It is. But clearly, that family does not care about what's against the law. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to give you the mic, Kevin. What you got? Okay. Yeah, they make their own rules. Um, well, Prince yeah, Harry um, filmed lecturing reporter on behavior of royal tour. The footage has emerged of Prince Harry um, scolding a, tele- a, a TV reporter for asking a question just hours before he released an extraordinary rant about the media. Okay. The Duke of Sussex released the unprecedented statement on his personal website this week um, complaining of relentless propaganda against his wife, Meghan Markle. He went on to announce the couple is launching legal action against the the, um, Mail on Sunday newspaper, which published um, inserts of a letter written by Meghan to her father. Um, Just hours before the statement, Harry invited the media to a health clinic he was um, visiting in a remote village in Malawi as part of the couple's African tour um, report, um, The Sun. He uh, talked to health officials and children suffering from malaria and AIDS before being ushered to a waiting vehicle by um, palace officials. Um, but Harry appeared annoyed when he was asked an unscheduled question about the visit as he um, was whisked away. Okay, don't ask no questions. We ain't tell you, you know, don't ask. <laughs> so, um, I know that's right. Yeah. So. Dealing with the royal family, they got protocol. Yeah, you don't you don't just blurtly out ask a question that's not on the agenda. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, that's good. I'm glad that he's still in that tabloid, and I hope they win because they were saying his um. Uh, brother had sued the tabloids before, um, not the same one, but another tabloid, um, and he won, so which is good. And he says he'll right. give the money to charity. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know they give the money to charity when no, they win yeah. those lawsuits. They don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they clearly it. don't need it. Yeah, so. Yep, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it, see what's going to happen. More likely he's going to win, you know, because who, who got wind of the um, 
the letter. I'm not sure. I don't know if the, the father gave the public publication letter or what, but it was a private letter. He probably did. Yeah, that's what I'm that man has done stuff before, you know, given the press information and got money. I know he sold mm-hmm. it before, so he might have done it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. But, all right. All right, welcome back to the John Party One Hills Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Woo-hoo. Let slide. And it's time for what's popping. Okay, you start Ima, Ima, Ima. Oh, All right. It's time for what's popping with Papa DD. Mm-hmm. I know you got some wisdom you're going to drop on us. Yeah, time. well, I tell you what, there's a lot on. going on in the news today. I mean, between, um, uh, wow, your boy 45. Oh, uh, gosh. That job. I tell you, now's a good time. I like to uh, put a plug out for my man. Now's a good time for anybody to uh, pull up. You can go on YouTube Music and, and pull up uh, Gil Scott Harum and, and uh, listen to a song called uh, H2O Watergate Blues. All right? H2O as in water, G-A-T-E and gate. And we're going to go on and talk about the Watergate Blues. That's Gil Scott Harum for like 30, 40 years ago. 45 years ago he did this song and he talked about Watergate Blues on how Nixon was impeached behind it and everything and he talked about the lawyers and all this, you know, he was one of the best uh, spoken word people on the planet and uh, like I said, if you got nothing else to do, you know, pull that down and save it to your, to your phone just so you can reference it and listen to it every now and then it's called the uh, H2O Watergate Blues he talks about Halterman, Ehrlichman, Mitchell, and Dean. It follows a pattern, if you dig what I mean. Those are the lawyers for Nixon back in the day, and he just raps about everything that was going on leading up to the impeachment of uh, that tricky dick, uh, Richard Nixon. So history's repeating itself. You know, Trump is running out of lies. He's running out of lies. He's backing himself in the corner. You know, you always say, tell the truth, and you don't have to really remember, remember the lie. He's just been lying profusively and threatening people and talking like a fool and doing but the thing that gets me is not really so much Trump. It's his followers, man. They they follow him through thick and thin. Which means it's just as crazy as his ass. And it's so hard to believe that we were living with those people amongst us. And, you know, it's scary. It's so damn scary. That there's people walking around just praising Trump. I mean congressmen senators, they all just love him. Well, I don't see why he's a great, he's a great man, he's a great man. Well, you know, they all believe the theory of the white man, basically, and not to say that rudely or belligerently, is that uh, the white man feels like the one with the most poised wins. That's their makeup. You know, if you divorced uh, uh, somebody and they, you know, somebody got the best of divorce and, and whoever got the best of it, and they, they, they just respect the person that wants everything and they're so ignorant that as long as you got a, a fat 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 bank account you know they're happy doesn't matter uh, at all with uh, what's going on with things and they're, they're proving it every day and either sent the farmers money so they can you know get get involved and, and oh, it's, it's scary because the people the constituents that he has 
especially older the older ones will be deep in their sixties here by the next election and uh and he knows that. You know, he's improperly prepared so all the way around, so this is gonna be very interesting over the past few months. You know, to look at uh forty five relive some of the madness that he created himself. And uh I don't know, it's just gonna be very crazy. So anyway, like I said, uh I'm gonna move on here, but definitely if you can pull up Gil Scott Harum H two O Watergate Blue. All right. We're gonna have to look for that thing. Thank you, Papa Dee Dee. H two O Watergate Blue. H two O That'll work. We'll definitely have to look for that. Well, since you got the mic, we're going to shift over to the weird news. So, you want to go ahead and give us what you got? Um, let's see. Uh, me, I'm going to double yeah. out. Yep, double out. All right, so what about... You uh, got the mic. That's a, that's an interesting way to tell somebody you're going to be overworked. Oh, my goodness. You got the mic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, big you dog. You overworked now, for real. You got real. the mic, big dog. I'm doing thing. I'm doing thing. Okay, you want me to go ahead? Because I can tell you about Kiss. Let me tell you about Kiss. I got this story about Kiss playing underwater. Yeah, go ahead, because I can't find my story nowhere. Okay. All right. Uh, in the weird news, you know that band Kiss, right? The ones that wear all that white makeup and the guy with the long tongue. That group. Yeah, his, I forget his name. Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons, yeah. Okay, this is um out of Atlantic City. Having played nearly every corner of the earth in nearly 50, 50 years of their career, mm-hmm. the rock band Kiss is taking their show to a new place under the sea where they will perform for great white sharks and eight fans. What? Wait a minute. Great white sharks? and eight fans separated from them by a small submarine. Okay. As part of a promotion by Airbnb, the fans and KISS will travel November 18th in separate boats off the coast of southern Australia. KISS will stay above board on one vessel, and the fans will be lowered beneath the surface of the water from a second boat into a viewing submarine in an area that's known for shark activity. What in the world? So this is going to be a first-come, first-serve. Tickets are selling at $50, which is half the price of what KISS tickets usually go for at uh, Madison Square Gardens in the nosebleed section. Proceeds are going to charity, and the company said that reservations can be made starting at 6 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on Airbnb.com slash KISS starting on October 14th. So this event is taking place in the Indian Ocean off of Port Lincoln in South Australia. KISS will be in full makeup and costumes for the performance, which will be at least four songs. And this is part of Airbnb's Animal Experience, which is designed to have people entertain animals instead of the other way around. This is so weird. (laughs) This is so weird. So these people, these eight, yeah, these eight people are going to be in a submarine underwater listening to Kiss, who will be above the water, 
So I guess while they're jamming the kiss, the, the sharks will be circling around looking at them going like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. You said only eight people? Eight people. Because mm-hmm. I guess you, you know, can't fit with so many in the stuff. It goes on to say that underwater concerts are not new. Underwater music festival has been held for the past 35 years in the Florida Keys. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I guess that's why Floridians are special, I guess. I don't know. What is the deal? Oh, yes. They're very that's special. Crazy. Well, I got a crazy one here. Um, I'm quite sure everybody has seen it already. Woman climbs over fence at Bronx Zoo. And the lion exhibit, she must have been on something. This is in New York City. Zoo officials say a woman reportedly climbed over a safety barrel. Listen to what I'm saying, over a safety barrel at the lion exhibit at the New York City Zoo. The Bronx Zoo says in a statement that staff received a report that an individual climbed over the visitor barrier at the African lion exhibit on Saturday. The woman is seen in a social media video waving to the lion from across a moat that separates the animals from the visitors. Another video shows a woman climbing over the wooden safety barrier before stopping at the edge of the moat. The zoo says this was a serious violation and unlawful trespass. The Bronx Zoo says they have a zero-tolerance policy on trespass and violation of barriers. So I guess they're going to find a woman or something. I don't know, but... That just doesn't make any sense. The lion was no. looking at her like, "Are you crazy? Are you in here? I can eat you!" <laughs> like, well, what blew crazy. my mind is that it was a black woman. I yeah. know. I'm I like, was like, what? what? <clears throat> yeah, she must have. She must have been on something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, black people don't usually mess with wild animals like that. Yeah, but she, she, because. You know, reporters were talking, saying that she had to be on something for her to be in here. And the lion was like, okay, are you serious? You are really in here. But the lion didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was crazy. I think that lion was looking at her like, you trying to set me up. Because if I go for you, they're going to shoot me and put me down. So I don't know if you're trying to set me up. Or is this really lunch? Or what's going on? I know. It was crazy. It was, yeah. And thank God that look the, the lion look was slow to react because he he didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah. Yeah, he sat there looking at her like saying, you know, he's clean his teeth. You know, I just got done eating lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to appear greedy. And he probably yeah. said, "Why are they gonna send me some dark meat? They gonna oh. bring some dark meat up in here for well, real?" They know I'm a pressing wing guy. Oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, very possible. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, all right. That's my, my story is uh, this is a very tasteful story. Um, uh, this is uh, over in in Ecuador, you know, over in the uh, those hot countries. Uh, they have what's called a uh, guinea pig ice cream. Oh God! Oh God! Now, a guinea pig is a little thing that goes. Oh, excuse me, a little thing that goes around the uh, little circular toy inside the uh, cage. He's looking at the cage. He's running back and forth. He loves it. He said, what's, "What's the guinea pig? He's running around in a circle." <laughs> so 
okay? Anyway, so the rodents are traditional uh, hot dish in some Latin American countries, including Colombia, Peru, and Bolivia. In Ecuador, people uh, typically cook guinea pigs with salt and serve them with potatoes and uh, peanut sauce, okay? But one uh, vendor has taken things to another uh, gastronomic level, serving guinea pig as a uh, cold dessert. Yeah. Now, these are guinea pigs. I guess once you shave the hair off them, you know, it must look like a piece of uh, breast well, meat. Well, why would uh, you even think to do that? Well, that's, they're over there. You know, some people like ice cream uh, from the Kai, uh, as the animal is locally known. Okay. So the owner of uh, Maria del Carmel Puati, uh, her operate, she operates a small, it's considered a two-table and open area lined with uh Dennis's clinics and other business people that go there to eat. And uh, even so, uh, demanding is growing. Every week, the entrepreneur prepares 150 servings at uh, one dollar for a cone of uh, guinea pig ice cream. Oh, my gosh. So it's very successful, and uh, they're doing well with it, okay? She also makes 40 servings of ice cream flavored with uh, beetles, also traditional eating as a salty snack mm. and a small amount of mushroom ice cream as well. Beetles. Okay. That's just gross. Okay. And this is where in Ecuador? Yeah, but this is how she all got started. She was an out of work um single mother. She had three children in tow and she began attending uh free training courses for entrepreneurism. All uh-huh. right. She was the she was challenged to do something uh, innovative, and uh, after six months of testing, she started selling her range of ice cream at the beginning of September. Oh. All right. The, um, Come on, girl. The management program, she graduated high in her class, and now, as we read earlier, she's serving all kind of a guinea pig and mush rat and you name oh. it, uh, beetle, beetle juice. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, phew, I tell you, it's amazing. I mean, I just and then don't, how I can't you, imagine what that tastes like. But how can you serve this and eat that, and then you, you kind of sneak around and you, you come to America casually, and now you go to a store and you're trying to figure out, you know, where's the crap? You know, you, you, you're eating all this other stuff that America deems, uh, Healthy or or, or, normal. or or normal, and you're looking yeah. at this saying, "Wow, what is this crap?" So if she were to go to a Baskin and Robin, she'd be looking around like, "Where's the muskrat? Yeah, where's the, the beetle and the cicadas and the mm-hmm. the cockroaches and the whatever kind of ice cream?" And they would probably think, "Oh, oh, are we being punked or something? Mm-hmm. We don't have that kind of stuff in here." Right. We're a respectable ice cream joint. She would say, why is the exterminator like working and people like that coming and taking your supply? Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just made my stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Well, that's the weird news for tonight. And it's weird, mm-hmm. as always. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, Good gracious. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Uh, What is a guinea pig? Guinea pig ice cream. I have heard everything now. I okay. thought 
it was just like the the ice cream was in the shape of a guinea pig. I didn't realize that it was the actual animal, but okay. Oh, it's showing up guinea pigs grounded mm-hmm. up in that ice cream. That's like they're cute little little fur, furry things. Why would you think I'm gonna make ice cream out of that? Mm-mm. That's just bizarre. That's, that's not good. They they look they good as pets, but uh, anyway. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm on your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Woo, I'm jamming in Chaka Khan. Yeah, that was sampled off a song called The Bus Stop. That's why it sounds familiar. It's called Light bus Sugar, stop. but it does remind me of Bus Stop. Well, that's their, their bass line. Yeah, you're right. I'm right. Well, you know, I'm always right. No, let's not go that far. All right. We're going to move into another phase and go to I'm Just Saying with Red Wine. Who's Red Wine? Oh, that's me. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So tonight I want to talk about why isn't there an age limit? Okay. First, first of all, I just want to say I'm glad that Senator Bernie Sanders is recovering and doing well. But his campaign released information today saying that what what had actually happened was Senator Sanders had a heart attack. Now, at first, you know, they said, oh, he was having some chest pains and it was something to block the artery, whatever. Well, now the truth has come out, and his campaign said it. He actually had a heart attack. Mm. Okay. Now, I know people can have heart attacks at any age, so it's not about age. But campaigning for president of the United States is a physically and emotionally draining undertaking. I'm just saying, why isn't there an age limit of who can run for president? They got a minimum age. But yet there's no maximum age. What's up with that? Now, Senator Sanders is 78 years old. Senator Warren is 70 and Vice President Biden is 76. Trump is 73. But Trump is already acting like he's got some mental challenges going on. So that kind of proves my point. But I'm not saying that people shouldn't move forward with their life or whatever they want to do as they get older. It doesn't matter your age. But what I am saying is that when it comes to being the president of the United States, I really do think that there should be a maximum age set. To run for president, you have to be a natural-born citizen or resident of the United States. You have to have lived in the United States for at least 14 years. And you have to be a minimum, okay, minimum of 35 years old. Now, I think they need to add another restriction and set an age limit on how old you can be maximum. I don't know what that age should be, but when you start kissing 80, I'm getting concerned. 
Now, this presidential race sent Senator Sanders to the hospital suffering from a heart attack. If he wins and something happens to him, God forbid, his vice president will be in charge. We don't even know who that might be. But should we be concerned? I know I am. I look at Mike Pence, and I'm not quite sure if he's better or a worse option than the current White House president. But what I'm saying is that why isn't there an age limit or age maximum on who can run? If Senator Sanders wins, he would be starting his presidency at 80 years old. Come on, y'all. 80? Seriously? That just sounds risky to me. That means that he would be 84 at the end of his term. That's just frightening when you think about it. And I'm not saying, you know, by any means or discriminating based on age. I'm just keeping it real. As we get older, we are sometimes not as quick on the draw when it comes to reaction times or clarity of thinking. We won't even talk about the struggle to remember stuff. As you get older, it can be a challenge. But some people do better than others, and that's true. But it is an inevitability that comes along with aging. You know, things just start to become more and more difficult. You get health issues, mental, you know, capability issues, whatever. I mean, that's just part of life. I just think we need to take that into consideration when you consider who is running for president of the United States. Come on. I'm not hating on older people because one day I'll be one of them. However, I'm just saying this is red wine and I just think it should be a maximum age of who can run for president. That's just how I feel. You know? That's that's all I got. You know, I'm just saying, they have Bernie starting at 80 years old as yeah. president, finishing at 84. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and I'm not saying that a person should be like 30-something, but 80 is a stretch. That's all I'm saying. And everything involved, long they been out there. Mm. I mean, it's just a lot, you know, but yeah. anyway. Well, maybe this health scare that happened with Bernie, maybe that's going to open his eyes. Maybe he'll, you know, go ahead and decide to, you know. Child, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but he's already put out a tweet talking about, I'm just glad that I have health insurance and this is why I'm pushing in my campaign for Medicare for All. He is not <laughs> giving up on anything. He's still going strong. They're still raising money, doing their thing. But anyway, all right. I'm going to pass the mic to you, Papa Didi. Uh, Living for the city, what you got for us? Well, like I said earlier with uh, Gil Scott Heron, H2O Watergate Blues, get up on that. Please get up on that. I mean, it's just history repeating itself. And it's going to come along. Just be prepared for it. And they also say the revolution will not be televised. Where he talks about, you know, don't think you're going to sit back and watch this on TV and all that because 
if something really is serious. And Trump may mention to us saying he don't get reelected, it's going to be a civil war. Saying that who's going to be fighting who now? And whose side are you going to be on? Saying it's going to be a civil war. Well, you're quick to tell somebody else that they're un American, but you're promoting the fact that if people don't vote for you, it's going to be all out brawl. So that's anticipated uh, violence. And why would you say anything like that? So, all right, we just got some difficult days ahead. I think everybody should go with awareness and uh did you uh find that cut what you're talking about? Maybe you can play boom. Oh, I'm trying to locate it for you now. You know, red wine when she was younger, she was so fast <laughs> in finding all the paperwork we needed and uh hooking us up and everything. Now we uh you know now she wears thick glasses like a librarian. Uh-uh, don't even try it. Uh, it's only our show, so you got it? Yeah, I got it for you. Okay. Say what it is. Like there are six cardinal colors, and colors have always come to signify more than simply that particular shade, like redneck or got the blues. That's where you apply colors to something else, you know, to come up with what it is you're trying to say. So there are six cardinal colors, yellow, red, orange, green, blue, and purple. And there are 3,000 shades. And if you take these 3,000 shades and divide them by six, you'll come up with 500. Meaning there are at least 500 shades of the blues. (laughs) For example, there's the I ain't got me no money blues. There is the I ain't got me no woman blues. There's the I ain't got me no money and I ain't got me no woman, which is the double blues. And for years it was thought that that black people was the only one who could get the blues. So so the blues hadn't come into no international type of fame. But lately we done had Frank Rizzo with the lie detector blues. We had the United States government talking about the energy crisis blues. And we're going to dedicate this next poem here to... The Spearhead X. The X second in command in terms of this country. And the poem is called H2O GATE Blues. And if H2O is still water and GATE is still gate, what we're getting ready to deal on is the Watergate Blues. Let me see if I can dial this number right I'm sorry. The government you have elected is inoperative. Click. Inoperative. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and still could not. Let me do that part again. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and claimed that we could not. Just how blind, America. Just as Vietnam exploded in the rice, snap, crackle, and pop could not stop people determined to be free. Just how blind will America be? (laughs) 
of a Vietnam defeat sent Republican donkeys scurrying down on Wall Street. And when the roll was called, it was Pepsi Cola and Philip 66, Boeing, Dow, and Lockheed. Ask them what they're fighting for, and they'll never mention the economics of war. Ecological warfare, above all else, destroy the land. If we can't break the Asian will, we'll bomb the dikes and starve the man. America, the international Jekyll and Hyde, the land of a thousand disguises, sneaks up on you but rarely surprises. Plundering the Asian countryside in the name of Fu Man too. Afraid of shooters. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, you know, the HTO Watergate Blues, that... That's the beginning part, and he starts to talk about Vietnam and everything. And then he gets into uh, Tricky Dick Nixon, where he, like, goes in hard on, on his whole impeachment. So, and this is this is Gil Scott Harum at his prime. You know, this is the true speaker of the spoken word. I mean, his brother's talking loud and clear. He, he reminds you so much, anybody in modern day, listening, when you listen to rappers and, and people rapping, and you can barely understand them. But then um, you get um, Will Smith came out with the song Summertime, you know, which, which freaked all the rappers out because they were rapping and talking all fast and you couldn't understand them. Then Will Smith came out with a couple songs that freaked everybody out and he was winning Grammys big time because people could actually understand what he was saying. And, and Gil Scott Harum has that same talent where he can speak loud and clear and, and draw you in and, and uh, make, allow you to listen. So... Like I said, it's called H2O Watergate Blues, and toward the end of that that, that particular song, it gets what well, that particular spoken word piece. It, it just gets heavy all about it. And all you gotta do is take Richard Nixon out and put uh, Donald Trump's name and flavor in there, and you will see it still works, that huh? it still works. And this Watergate thing happened back in the seventies. I mean, what was it? Seventy three, seventy two. You know, this is early. 72 is early. I mean, you, I don't care what you're comparing things to. 1972 was so early, it's not even funny, you know. All right. Well, I hope everybody goes and uh, look that up. You can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But check that out and really listen to it, because uh, Gil Scott Heron was a deep brother. Yeah. I'm so sorry he's no longer on this earth, but mm-hmm. that brother was deep. He's famous for his song, In the Bottle. Oh, yeah. That's one of his main And the revolution songs. will not be televised. Mm-hmm. See that black boy over there running scared. His old man got a problem. And it's the bad one. Anyway. All right. So I'm going to close out on that. All so right. I... Well, thank you, Papa D. Mm-hmm. Have some wisdom for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to definitely look that up. What are you going to do? Hey, we're going to check it out. Go. And me. And red wine. Oh, swear, darling. Oh, there she is. Are you there, Kettle? Right yeah, we yeah. about to put your picture on the side of the milk carton because we couldn't find you. Don't even try it. <laughs> Y'all were gone for All a right. minute. I mean, I'm <laughs> just saying, saying you know. know. All right, we're going to get into this. Um, I'm quite quite sure everybody has heard about the Robert De Niro. Um, he accused of gender discrimination by ex-employees. Mm. Oh my always something. You talking to me? Actor Robert De Niro has been accused of gender discrimination and forcing uh, an abusive work environment um, for a woman in a twelve million dollar lawsuit he filed. Um, De Niro company filed a six million dollar lawsuit against her, accusing her of embezzling money and binge watching Netflix 
while while on the job. Um, that suit went viral, and it claims that Robinson spent four-day period in January watching 55 episodes of Friends. Oh, please, really? Oh, my um, goodness. The latest round of exposure claims hit by De Niro is appearing in two major films, which is The Joker is coming out and The um, Irishman, the gangster epic about an um, Oscar uh, frontrunner. De Niro's company, he produced both of these um, films. Um, it goes on to say, in her suit, Robinson says that she was underpaid compared to male colleagues and given female duties like housework. Really? Hmm. Okay. And um, he's lashing back, and De Niro's um, suit accused Robinson of, of charging thousands of dollars of personal expenses, including travel and meals at high-end restaurants on a company credit card. The suit also claims that Robinson had misappropriated $125,000 worth of frequent flyer miles. And um, according to the suit, she was making $300,000 a year at the time that she left the company. She left the company in 2012. And all of this is just coming out. And they had some type of recording um, that he was you know, he had called and cussed her out and said, you're not answering my calls. And I mean, it seemed like it was a movie, actually. Like he was in a movie. He was on a rant. But um, I guess we're going to see. I'm, I'm quite sure you probably want to end up settling out of court on this situation and just letting her go ahead about her business. So we'll okay. Um, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Deadpool. Um, I'm, I don't care for the movies, but Deadpool 2. Um, the producers, a safety violation contributed to a stunt woman, Joe Harrison's death. Another stunt woman died. Um, this is, uh, it was another film that I um, covered last week that another woman was injured. But anyway, numerous safety regulations violations contributed to the death of a stunt woman on the set of Deadpool 2. Um, her name was uh, Joy Harris, who was performing her first ever film stunt, was killed in Vancouver. In August of 2017, oh, wow. after being ejected from the motorbike, she was riding and smashing through the window of a building. Um, the investigation, they saw that um, it was a breach of numerous safety re- regulations, notably instructing the stunt performer not to wear safety headgear while operating the motorcycle. So this was on set. Um, Harris, she was 40, was described by friends as a pioneer motorcycle racer who served as an inspiration to African-American women pursuing the sport. Um, oh, this was a black stunt woman? Mm-hmm. The report said Harris oh. motor- became airborne after riding down two ramps, leaving her clinging on to the handlebars. The motorbike then crashed into a central reservation and ejected Harris from the bike, sending her through a window. Um, wow. Reached out. Um, they did an um, out-of-court settlement with the Harris family in April, but it says, however, the film studio said it re- refuted some of the claims made in the report. So they don't agree with everything that was in that report. So, um, but the family has already got a settlement um, for that. So, well, I didn't see. realize that was a black stunt woman. Yeah, I didn't either until I read the whole um, article. That was interesting. 
But um, they said that she had done, done stunts on motorcycles all the time. I mean, but she was a motorcycle enthusiast, and she rode motorcycles all the time. But I think this was her first time doing a stunt, um, you know, with the motorcycle. So I'm not sure. I guess it, it just sounded like a lot of safety precautions weren't in place. So. Okay. Um, also, um, a movie to um, check out. Dolomite is my main. Um, Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Rudy Ray Moore, a comedy and rap pioneer who proves naysayers wrong when his hilarious, obscene, constantly fighting alter ego, Dolomite, became a 1970s um, phenomenon. Um, you got people in here like, um, I mean, this is going to be off the chain, Wesley Snipes, um, Keenan, Michael Key, Chris Rock, Snoop Dogg, um, and Craig uh, Robinson and Mike Epps. That's among the few um, people that are in that uh, particular uh, movie. But this is a, this is a remake. Um, so they're doing... Have, it, you mm-hmm. said this was the life of Dolomite? Uh, yeah. That's okay. Dolomite is my name. That's the name of the uh, movie. And it, 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 yeah. it um, portrays the real life of Rudy Ray Moore. Um, yeah, that was that stuff that my parents wouldn't let me listen to. <laughs> yeah, this is a remake of 1975 uh, movie Dolomite. It came out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it should be what nice. What you know about Dolomite, Papa Didi? Dolomite uh-oh, uh-oh. is uh, Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah. Shine, shine, please save me. I give you all the coochie your eyes can see. Well, they get ready to do a movie with Eddie Murphy and mm-hmm. some other folks. Well, yeah. On, on well, let me life. let me finish the joke. Here. Okay. The lady, the boat was sinking, and Sean had jumped off with a lifeboat, and he's in the water, about to go to shore. So the white woman leans over, and she's on the sinking boat, and she screams out. And this is Rudy Ray Moore's uh, one of his one of his uh, writings. Mm-hmm. She screams out down to the lifeboat to Sean. Sean, Sean, please save me. I give you all the P word that your eyes can see. Mm. And she screamed out again. Sean, Sean, please save me. I give you all the P word your eyes can see. Sean, you're back. You know what, lady? Your P word may be good. Your P word may be fine. But first, I got to save this black ass of mine. All righty. That's Rudy Ray Moore. Okay. okay. Rudy All Ray right. Moore. All right. Carry on, Tim. Rudy Ray Moore was a classic. Classic, classic. I did. That was that stuff. And he, My all his albums had naked women on front of it. He was just a down, dirty, slutty, you name it, coochie. Nasty. Nasty. Okay. <laughs> Him and Moms Mabley and all them, and they were just like talking Trash, man. I mean, they were well, like. I would be curious. That was the underbelly. Movie. And Red Fox was with them, too. Oh, yeah. He was another nasty one. He would say a bunch of jokes in order. He would do reels like five in a row. But anyway, I didn't mean to jump into y'all stuff there. But I, I was raised, right. you know, with well, older people in the family. more about Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore. That's, that's good. Oh, yeah. Rudy, you're going you're gonna to enjoy that. If that, if that goes uncut. That's they're gonna. I think that's gonna be. What's the next one after R? NC seventeen or something? Or I think so. And yeah, it, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It ain't gonna be R. It's oh, gonna it's, be it's worse than that. It's, it's rated R. Is it R? 
Oh, All right, okay. well, it's going to be a big arc. It's almost two hours long. I mean, with Eddie yeah. Murphy, oh, my come goodness. on, man. He, oh, yeah. It probably be did everything they could do to keep it from being X-rated. I'm quite yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to hear it. <laughs> you get the but, time, I mean, you pull up on YouTube. The characters that are in there, I mean, that's going to be an awesome movie. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, see, Eddie also, Murphy's reaching back note. into the dark Okay, I'm sorry. One, one last note about Don Carroll. Unfortunately, we lost Don Carroll today. She was 84. Her um, daughter uh, said she passed away. She'd been battling um, cancer for a long time, and she died in uh. her home in, in, in L.A. Um, everybody knows her from Julia Dynasty. Um, she's been on the stage, Porgy and Beth. Um, you name it, she's done it. And... Uh, she would be truly be missed. Yeah. She was beautiful. She was 84 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Another yeah. great one. Oh, no. True icon. I mean, yeah. Yep. She was a pioneer. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yep. Julia. She right. wrote it. That was my show there. Well, I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, we're going to put our lighters up. Claudine. Oh yeah, and that Claudine. was that, that was that star yeah. early uh James Gerald James Earl Jones. Is that his yeah. name James Earl Jones? Yeah, James Earl Jones. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, Cattle. Well thank you for that Hollywood report. Classic movie. Give us an update on what's going on mm-hmm. and entertainment. We do appreciate it. You know, uh, so uh that movie Claudine, you know the coolest thing about that movie? Is when the uh the public assistance man came in to check the house. She would mm-hmm. turn. She would turn. She would turn her nice tables back into an ironing board, and flip everything around in there, and then open the door, yeah. and the man would see a regular common apartment. Yeah, they had and to then, hide all and the he stuff. And Jones. Angel Jones had to hide in the closet, and oh man, yeah, I they were hiding the toaster ovens and the all that stuff. Oven. They had to crazy. put everything away because she was collecting public assistance, and she had to. Looked like she was poor. Oh, that movie's classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. And James Earl Jones was skinny. Yeah, he was. He was skinny. Anyway, let me shut up. All right. Well, let's move on to the cocktail of the week. What you got for us, Kevin? Between the sheets. Uh oh. Yes. It's a classic cocktail with real style. It's thought to have been created in the 1920s. At Harry's New York Bar in Paris. Oh, yep, yeah. This is a Both hot spot for great cocktails like the French 75 and the Monkey Glen. It's um, brandy based, brandy and rum combination is a very nice mix. It's one that we see often in classics such as the Boston Sidecar and um, Embassy Cocktails. So the ingredients are one ounce of brandy, one ounce of light rum, one ounce of triple sec a half an ounce of lemon juice, and garnished lemon twist. So we pour the ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice, shake well, strain into a chilled cocktail glass, and garnish with the lemon twist. And that is Between the Sheets. All right. And I will say it's tasty. Very tasty. So we'll make sure we get that up on the website. You can get that recipe if you want to check it out. Make it make it for yourself. I'm telling you, you're going to like this one. 
All right, uh, Papa Didi, over to you. Can you tell us about the world famous, infamous Kiss It List? Yeah, that's the joint. That's the joint that we're gonna hang people high like a picture on the wall. Okay, now we'll show their butt and uh, you know, on honor them and everything else. Uh, we can start off with the uh, the town of uh, Ecuador for some of that. Yeah. Those, uh, Kenny Pig ice cream. Kenny Pig ice cream. That's what the hell are they thinking? Lord help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put them on the top of the kissing list. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'd like to add uh, the judge in that uh, Botham Botham oh, yeah. oh, yeah. case. You know, out there hugging folks. Girl, give me a look. And when you get to jail, girl, we're going to take care of you. You're giving you out Bibles worry about and it. stuff. I talked to, like, talk to Gretchen's office already. Sister, and I tell you, you what, we might, even sneak, we might even sneak you out a few nights a week and let you go home, girl. Because we just love I just want to ask her, did you forget your job, your role? Yeah, well, we're You're the passive, judge. We're passive people. Man. You're not in there as a missionary. What are you doing? Um, also, I want to put Pence, Mike Pence, the vice president. Frozen hair. Mike Pence is de- denying he has any knowledge of anything that Trump is doing. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, but you're the vice. You're the mm-hmm. vice president. So whatever happens, if he goes down, you're supposed mm-hmm. to step in. How you have no mm-hmm. knowledge of anything? There's a dead cat on the line, as my mm-hmm. aunt used to say. Mm-hmm. I think it's a dead cat on the line. Uh, I said Trump already. I'm gonna add that Ukraine uh, ambassador or whatever he is who quit and said, "Get me out of here." He's the envoy. Yeah, the envoy. When the stuff hit the fan, brother man put his finger up like they do in church when you leave early. He put his finger up, said, "I'm out." He said, "Keep my last check." <laughs> he said, "I'm out." I only want my last here. check. Uh, also, I, I got another one. We didn't talk about this story tonight, but there was a judge, again in Florida, where all the weird stuff happens, a judge in Florida down there around uh, West Palm Beach area sentenced a 21-year-old black man to, let me get it right, one year probation, 10 days in jail, and 150 hours of community service because he overslept and missed his jury duty. Now, this is a young brother who does all this stuff in the community. He ain't out here just loafing. He does community different projects and services and all of that, and it's documented. So instead of the judge looking at his contributions to the community, she said, oh, you got a notice for jury duty. You ain't show up. I don't care that you overslept. Because you're doing stuff for your family and helping your grandfather that can't walk and helping the kids at the community center and all that other stuff you're doing, I don't care. You're going to jail 10 days and all this community service and you get a year of probation. What kind of crap is that? So I couldn't get the name of the judge, but you know who you are. You're on the kissing list. Uh, who else? You mentioned something about the, um, what was it, the NBA or NFL? Who was it you were telling me, Papa Didi? One of the people with the, in charge of uh, the commissioner of oh, yeah, the. Yeah, commissioner. Um, was it the yeah. NBA or the yeah, NFL? Yeah, commissioner NBA. He's all pissed off because 
He said this year is the first year that a lot of players are playing with who they want to play with as opposed to letting the draft, the, the NBA draft, take care of itself and put teams together he calls naturally. The fact that LeBron, LeBron, LeBron picked up Anthony Davis, and over at Houston they have uh, the bearded guy. He's with uh, Westbrook. And uh, over uh, over in uh, Brooklyn, Kevin Garnett is hooked up with uh, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And all these beautiful black brothers that are good teamed up with each other. They called and said, look, man, you know, I'm up for, for, for free agency. Yeah. Why don't we go here? And they all went They're together. like, look, I'll go if you go. You want to go? All, all right, let's go together. And the last one, the guy that won for the Toronto Raptors, uh, what's his name? Uh, damn, uh, Leonard. Uh, I don't know. Leonard, the one that won for the Toronto Raptors, he hooked up with Paul George, and they're playing for the Clippers, the Clippers now. So, so this guy has a problem with brothers getting together, trying saying, to make he's better decisions. Commissioner is saying in so many words, if you take away all his professionalism, he's saying, you Negro slaves need to wait until the slave or the slave owner drafts y'all instead of you getting together and drafting yourself. It's designed for y'all to lay there butt naked, stand up butt naked, and we look at your booty and, and let cry, us sell you. And let Don't us sell, sell yourself. You. Don't sell yourself. Okay. That's what it sounds like you were saying in so many words. That's what it sounds like. Anyway. Oh, and I've got one more. That sister that jumped into that lion oh, yeah. enclosure. Oh, <laughs> I'm putting her on the kiss list. Yeah. And the yeah. sister and that other lady making <clears throat> guinea pig ice cream. You're on the kiss list. Mm-hmm. And the lion. Next time, eat that ass. Yeah, really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody else, Kettle? Nope. Y'all covered everybody. All right. Well, we have a prize that we give everybody on the kissing list. And here Kiss it is. my entire ass. My ass. All right, welcome back to the John Party. One, your host, Papa Didi, and Mio Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir for the last time tonight, darling. All right. Yes, indeedy. And I, I just had one more late entry for the Kiss It list. Oh, here we go. For all the young people who think that Beyonce originally recorded. Um, Frankie Beverly song. Let's start with that Anything, one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it just blows my mind when you go in a store and they hear the original Frankie Beverly before I let go, and they go, "Oh, somebody recorded Beyonce song." And you're nope. like, "Somebody? That's the original." 
Beyonce re-recorded it. But I'm just saying to all of you don't know who originally did song, you're in the kissing list. All right. Last word. Over to you, Papa Didi. Oh, me? Okay, I'll go. My last word is, I go back to what I said, and I'm just saying, I really do think that the United States needs to consider a maximum age for who can run for president. Just just because, you know, things happen as you get up in age. When you get around 70, 80, there's a lot of things going on that could be going on. Do we really want someone who may have a diminished capacity being in charge of the country? I don't think that's a good idea. I'm just keeping it real. So that's what I'm saying. Shout out to Los Angeles, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., of course, D.C. homegrown, etc. That's my last word. Over to you, Papa D. Okay. My last word. Is this here? What's that? I'm going to pull this up real quick, like you talked about earlier. Okay. We're speaking on uh, Madonna. I mean, Madonna, excuse me. Beyonce. Mm -hmm. This song here was done in 1972. This is called Are You My Woman by the Shylights. Okay, I'm going to play this real quick. Oh, I'm going to Yeah, kill that for a second. Okay. Are You My Woman by the Shylights? And this is it. All right, that's 1972. Shylights, are you my woman? Do you recognize that Woo! particular baseline? Mm-hmm. That's Beyonce. This song. song came out in 1972. Okay, now. And Beyonce has that's one of her biggest selling songs. With, got me looking so crazy with, with, right now. Got me looking so crazy right now. Yeah. And there's not a young person that loves that song and brought 9,000 copies of it. That would know that that came from the Shylights bass line in 19... And they didn't even change it. They didn't no. change it. it sounds they took the same... The same trumpet section, trumpet section and, went and, and went for it. Okay? Hey. Anyway, go put that in your hat. All right. Atlanta's to rest. Tell you old school people being laid to rest. You know what I'm Go ahead, Doug Kettle. Didn't mean to stop you from your last word. But, uh, oh, no. Thing. You could. You could. You just had to bring up your point. Um, my last word is um, the hug with the the, the brother that um, hugged a woman that's going to jail for ten years. Um, I just think people shouldn't read too much into what happened. And um, as far as the judge, she just thought that that was the humane thing to do. I mean, she saw humility and 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 a human being um, feeling the way he did, and I guess she felt some kind of way herself. So. She just reflected on that and went from that. Just, I mean, we don't see enough of that, and and that's the problem. I think people are just reading too much into what's going on, and and I hate to say everything shouldn't be black and white. It is most of the time, but 
let's just look beyond that and just look at the humanity of these two people and um, go from there. I mean, you know, that's my last word. All right. But I do want to say one thing, though, that I didn't like out of the whole case is that after after all the hugging and everything, when she walked out with the police or whatever, she was free-handed, not handcuffed like anybody else is just sentenced. And she was joking and laughing and waving at everybody as she walked to the court, walked around, walked around in the courtroom, no handcuffs on, with freedom, which goes to show she's going to take that same relaxation to that prison cell. You know what I mean? So you done something foolishly wrong, whether you sold drugs or whether you did anything else. You went in someone else's apartment who was relaxing on their sofa, eating ice cream, watching TV, and their life was ended. Ended. Now, they can kumbaya all they want with the family and feel like they want to, if they feel better by forgiving her or whatever. But first of all, this woman now at this point, knowing she made a lousy mistake and sexing with her boss at the same time, this girl not only shot somebody with, under her own fault, but in the meantime, she's pulling up vaginas and, and, and penises and everything else on the phone in the midst of, you know, so you weren't even paying attention to your own life, let alone doing something reckless. And, and I'm not saying that in an aggressive way. I'm just saying that she made a horrible mistake that cost somebody's life. And we got people in jail for marijuana from the 80s that are still in jail for selling marijuana. So we cannot, we can, right, and we, so we cannot take that too lightly. You know, we're very passive people and we're very forgiving, but don't forget that this girl made a mistake and took somebody's life. And if it was somebody's brother or sister or uncle or nephew or cousin or father, they would better understand it. So I don't have no sympathy for her at all. And I'm not saying that in a cruel way, but I'm saying that she had too much freedom. She cried like a baby because the biggest way you get over and get off with something is to show remorse. And she won an Oscar for that, showing remorse. So and in any event, when it's all said and done, that beautiful black man is dead. He is dead. He got shot in cold blood, minding his own business. She came in his door and took his life. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 as the same monopoly. Okay. Anyway, you know. All right. No disrespect. No I disrespect. Hear I hear you. And that I man agree. is dead. He's dead. Well, we're going to wrap it up for this edition of the Pajama Party Show. We thank you for your time and attention. And we'll be back again next Friday night. Thanks mm. to D.C. Homegrown, our parent company for uh, taking care of the bills, keeping the lights on, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're going to take it from here and get on out. So uh, this is Red Wine saying bonsoir, good night, till next Friday night. Uh, we'll do it again next Friday. Uh, say good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Cattle. Good night. All right. We're going to get up out of here, and we'll do it again next Friday night. Hope you'll be here with us. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arabatetti, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Sana. I regret 
to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Party cool, people will be cool.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.